Indirectly, we have been speaking on this subject for the last two weeks. Uh, Psalm 1, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. That was, that was wise counsel. And uh, today we're looking at blessed again. Uh, and the title is blessed. And the, and the definition for being blessed is um, a sacred nature connected with God. A sacred nature connected with God. Now, if we would think of ourselves as sacred... <laughs> We would kind of, well, that's not me. He must be talking about somebody else. Um, and we also say, you know, in the chorus we were singing is that God is able to make us more than what, what we think we could be. And the challenge for us is that how then do we become more than what we think we could be? You know, the uh, military says be all that you can be. You know, join the, join the Marines or join the special armed forces. So we're looking at becoming more than what we are. I mean, that's why we go to school. <laughs> you know, go to school to learn, to continue to develop our character, develop our information, develop our resources, learning how to connect to other things that are out there beyond ourselves and beyond uh, what we can do at this moment. So when I'm thinking of being blessed, I think of it in the context that God is helping me become more than what I am. If we're not willing to receive blessings, how, it's like not being able to receive knowledge. <laughs> hey, I'm smart enough. You know, don't, I know. You may have information, but you know I know it all. <laughs> well, when that happens, we're really lost. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the old cliche, uh, you know, I'd give you a piece of my mind. And then, of course, you tell them you don't have enough to give away. Keep it. Uh, so... We have these ideas about what's going on in our lives, and we need to recognize that being blessed is being connected to the nature of God, being connected with God. So receiving good things into our life is not a bad thing. You know, we, we um, sing for the birthdays and things like that. We're giving honor for the person during, for their time, for their birth, and for the day that they celebrate. Well, God is giving us blessings God is giving to us, uh, when we're connected to him, he, he, knows he knows what we need to put into our lives to keep us growing and believing and you know, allowing his goodness to, to be displayed in us. Now, the challenge is that if we are allowing God to do this, then we're, God is expecting us to use it. He's not, a, you know, he's not kind of dumping things into the freezer here and we're going to keep them until he comes you know, chilled and frozen until he returns and then we take him to heaven and say, here, look what I got. You know, it's like the guy who buried his talent. He, you know, he, he went and buried it. And, you know, what good is a buried talent? What good is things in your life, giftings in your life, if we don't use them? So the attention that we're focused on is God and the attention that the blessings and the giftings are, are God. But there has to be a channel through which the blessings flow and God then is telling us over and over again that we are to receive and he is he is willing to bless his children he is willing to bestow gifts upon his children and even in first Corinthians 13 it talks about the gifts of the spirit and he will divide severally as he wills and the purpose of dividing the gifts severally as he wills is for the benefit of the body of Christ 
So for the benefit of the body of Christ, God is going to distribute his gifts, and his gifts are to be distributed as he wills upon people who are receptive. (laughs) So being receptive to God's blessing then allows us to be receptive to his, his spirit, his word, because it's not something that we're just taking to hoard and flash free so it doesn't spoil until spring <laughs> or until Jesus returns. We are bringing it into our lives, integrating it into our lives, and allowing it to flow, flow onward from us. So in Psalm 32, uh, verse 1, verse 1 and 2, it says, Blessed, well, this is a skillful song, a psalm of David. Blessed, and the definition here uh, of uh, blessed is happy, fortunate, to be envied. A person who is blessed is he who has forgiveness of his transgressions continually exercised upon him, whose sin is covered. So we're looking at this and we're saying, what separates us from the blessing? What separates us from God? Well, sin does. So we have a, an understanding, well, I'm, I'm not good enough. See, the Bible doesn't say to all those who feel not good enough. <laughs> no. The only ones that we look at, sin is that which separates, and God wants to forgive us. If God wants to take away all of our sins and get them out of the way, why do we keep bringing them back? <clears throat> why do we keep bringing back things that God is getting rid of? You know, it's like the, the guy, uh, he, he, he opened his uh, front door to pick the newspaper up, and there was his neighbor's dog here with the newspaper. You know, so he gave the, the dog a treat and, you know, then took the newspaper. The next morning, he opened the dog, and there's a the dog with the newspaper. But he has seven others from the neighbors collected and sitting on the front porch. <laughs> he wanted, you know, we got one treat for one. Boy, he's got a bunch of treats for seven. Well, you know, the dog is responding to the treats. He's responding, he's learning by giving, by, by receiving, you know. And so in our lives, I don't know, we're not dogs, but we, we you know, we respond to people who th- are, are nice. Not people who blow their horns and won't let people get in front of them. Okay, I have to tell the story. <laughs> we were in a parking lot. Those in Sunday school uh, heard it. We were in a parking lot in Pittsburgh this past some night this week and um, I'm standing in line and everybody is just the whole place is just a standstill nobody's moving so I'm in line and down in my uh, down in here and it's like well you know there's somebody going to cut in front of you and and I'm saying no they're not not going to get in front of me well anyhow this young girl with the nice BMW pulls right up and sticks her bumper in front of mine well, you know, I already made up my mind she was not getting in. Even before she came, she was not getting in. Well, in her mind, she was getting in because she wasn't going to let some old fat man get in front of her. So anyhow, I blaze on the horn, and I'm, you know, and I do, you know, I'm telling her that she can't do this, and she's not listening. And uh, she gets in front of me, and, you know, after I let her in front, <coughs> very, very meekly <coughs> and uh, <laughs> reverently, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, oh, David, you, God told you she was coming. You should have just left her in. But I didn't want to let her in. <laughs> but then, you know, it's like you gave her, you gave away your peace to someone who really should have just never given it to. 
So just left it happen. And, you know, it's, you know, took me a while to settle down from that. And, you know, I gave something away that I shouldn't have given away. And, and God had already, I feel that God had already told me ahead of time, somebody's coming and you need to back off. Well, nobody's, you know, I'm not backing off. You know, I, I got here and I've been here for 10 minutes waiting to get out of this parking lot and no one's getting in front of me. <sighs> God has other plans. So I repented of it, you know, and asked God forgiveness and makes a good sermon illustration, you know. And, uh, but anyhow, it ended up, you know, being able to go in the right direction. And as soon as this person got in front of me, the people made the right turns and turned in the direction I was going. And we all got out in a minute later, you know. But it was like it was all sitting there waiting for David's test to be finished. <laughs> well, sometimes we look at these things and, you know, that's, Sometimes I, you know, whatever, shouldn't do those things. And, but God is, how many times do we allow God, that the blessing that God wants to give us, we say, I don't deserve that, or that's not going to happen. And we make up our mind not to be receptive, not to allow what God wants to do. And he's already told us what he's doing, and we just need to go along with it because it isn't about the person cutting in, and it isn't about me blowing the horn. It's about being receptive to what God's voice is saying on the inside. You know, love, forgive, you know. And, you know, I do that enough, you know. <laughs> I deserve this place. <laughs> and, of course, it didn't. Uh, so whenever we think about being blessed, it is a sacred nature connected with God. We are all blessed. We're all blessed. We're all blessed with forgiveness. We're all blessed with love. We're all blessed. We're connected to the sacred nature. That we're connected with God's nature that says, I love you more than you can ever love you. You can ever think of being loved. I have plans better for you than you can ever imagine. I've got giftings and power to bestow upon you through my word and my spirit. I've got so much to give you. See, we're connected to this nature of God. And we need to, be, we need to see that the blessings that are coming to my, our life are not about things that I have earned. See, I earned the right to that spot in that line because I got there first. <laughs> But because I earned it doesn't mean that it's mine. Because who am I to say what needs to be there and who needs to be there and in that spot? Who am I to determine these things? It's like, yes, I'm there and I have my reasons for being there. But if somebody else wants it more, you know what? God knew that before the world was ever created. He knew that was going to happen. Well, why didn't he change her mind? <laughs> you know? That wasn't the point. Why didn't I allow him to change mine? You see, blessed and happy. Uh, Psalm 32.1 says, Count yourself lucky. This is the Message Bible. Count yourself lucky how happy you must be. You get a fresh start. Your slate wiped clean. Verse 2. Count yourself lucky. God holds nothing against you, and you're holding nothing back from him. So we are blessed. We are to consider ourselves lucky. We are to consider ourselves most blessed, most privileged. We are the, 
We are the most fortunate people on the planet. We are beyond any expectation of, that we can come up with in life and imagine, beyond anything we can imagine, God has a blessing for us. God has a connectedness with us that when people are against us, he's for us. When we feel down and out, he's just preparing the way for us. We are blessed, and our challenge is to be recipients of that blessing. And sometimes... <laughs> We just need to let people get in front of us <laughs> to receive our blessing. Sometimes we just need to be receptive of what God is giving us. And in that receptive, in that thing, God is going to bless us with his peace and then also give us something good to give to someone else. Wouldn't it have been much better testimony for God had I just waved and said, hey, God bless you back up and let her get in? Well, who would have taught her a lesson? <laughs> Did I really teach her anything? Did I teach anybody else in the car anything? Not really. Taught them how to be angry and blow their horn. You know? You'd have thought I was in El Salvador. <laughs> the requirements to drive in El Salvador is uh, you have to be able to blow your horn and you have to be able to know that what you are driving is worth smashing into somebody else. <laughs> it's true. You have three lanes of road, and you have five vehicles across. And everybody's trying to get off on one exit. And they know how to blow the horn. Yeah. And it's just, and they have, you know, we have words. They have certain signals with their horns. They stand for different things, okay? So you can tell what other people are saying by how they blow their horn and in what consecutive order they do, you see? So to, to drive down there is just an absolute nightmare, you know? Uh, we, were, we were coming up uh, this hill. Was, you know, it was a three-lane highway, one lane coming down, two lanes going up. Okay, we're driving up the hill, and there are three tractor trailers across the hill. Wait a minute, there's two lanes going up and one lane coming down, and you have three tractor trailers filling up the whole hill. Where are the people going that's coming down? <laughs> and they're not fast. Like, they're not, you know, having 60 miles an hour. They're going like 5, 10 miles an hour, and they're three abreast going up the hill. <laughs> it's like, what if you come around the turn and you're coming down and there's three tractor trailers in front of you and a cliff on the other side? Not that cliff, but another cliff. <laughs> See, <laughs> we have to learn how to be kind. So God, he says, count yourself lucky. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord imputes, his iniqu imputes no iniquity. God doesn't have a reason to give us anything. God, did, God has a reason to bless us. In Matthew chapter 7, we have this, um, do you ever hear about don't judge, you'll be judged and all, you know. Judge not to be not judged, you know, whatever. I'm going to read that. Do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged, and by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. I often, I would often struggle with that verse because I would think, why would uh, God be using his judge, my judgments against me? You know, if I don't think something's wrong, may, then does that mean he doesn't think it's wrong? You know, if I think it's okay to, you know, he says don't steal, but if I think it's okay to steal and I go steal, is that, you know, 
Is that what he's saying? No. Um, the emphasis is being blessed, connected to the nature of God. So, it means that when I am critical of me, I will be critical of others. If I'm critical of others, I will be critical of me. If I judge people harshly, I judge myself harshly. And that when I see the failures in others, I see the failures in me. And I, when I see the failures in me, I like to point them out in others so that people won't look at mine. <laughs> so what's going on here? He's telling us that what, how you think about judging you know, and sentencing, sentencing people and you know, all, condemning them and putting them in their place is the very thing, the same measure that we feel against ourselves. If we, we were somewhere, and uh, I can't remember where, and there was this scale, it was an old scale, it was at the Indiana County Fair. And at the fair, they had the old things from the, you know, year, bygone years, you know, in, in the early days, you know, about 80, 90 years ago. And they had a scale, and they had weights over here that you could put on, and then you could fill up the grain or whatever in this one, and they would, when they balanced out, you know, you had five pounds, ten pounds, whatever. Well, whenever we use this judgment scale, we're looking to bring a balance to our life, and whenever we are critical of ourselves and others, our balance. So what we do to bring it back into balance is to be judgmental of other people. Well, you know, they're not very good. Uh, I, I'm sure that lady would have blown the horn at me, you know, and, and I'm sure that what we're trying to do is balance out the scale by being criticals of others so that we don't feel so bad. Well, why shouldn't I steal? Everybody else does. Boom. <laughs> why shouldn't I lie about people because everybody else does? You see, we're trying to balance the scale, and God is saying, don't do that. Get rid of that judgmental thing so that we are looking at God's grace and God's mercy and we're blessed because we're connected to the grace of God. And when we're looking at ourselves and saying, I'm not perfect, but you know what? Neither is anybody else. Okay. But you know what? I'm forgiven, so therefore I forgive. I make mistakes, so therefore I learn how to be accepting of other people for who they are. I like to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. We're setting a standard by which we can live. And we can live more completely, more fully, that we can allow the Spirit of God to help to teach us what his word really means. When we're out of balance trying to justify, we're trying to use the word of God to be critical of other people. You know, there, you know, <laughs> some, some churches, some people, religious people, like to be very critical of other churches. Other, and and they, their criticisms are only trying to balance out the judgments that they make upon themselves and others. And it doesn't work. God doesn't do that. Do not judge. The way you judge, you will be judged. Why do you look at the speck at your brother's eye, but don't notice the log that is in your own? 
Another translation has it. Why do you notice the, the little piece of splinter that's in your neighbor's eye and you've got a telephone pole sticking out of yours? Let me help you here, you know? <laughs> you're going to hit him in the head with your telephone pole and stick it out of your own eye. You've got so many faults and so you're trying to find the faults of others and it's like, don't do that. So as we look at that, in the, in the Message Bible, the last part uh, of verse, verse 7 of Ma- Matthew 7 says, don't bargain with God, be direct. You see, if we are blessed, which we are connected to the, we're connected with God, that the nature of God is connected to our nature, our nature is connected to his, as we f- allow that current, as we allow that spirit, as we allow that word to flow into our lives and flow from God to us, we are allowing it to influence everything that we're, that we're doing. And so don't bargain with God. So if I'm living in the right spirit, in the right connection, don't bargain with God. Be direct. Ask for what you need. God, I need patience. <laughs> you know, God, I need to listen to your word. Don't play the cat and mouse hide and seek game. Don't play the games. Okay, where's God at today? You know, and the, you know, you got the three shells and move them around. Do you get God this time, or do you get me? <laughs> and we're moving the shell. Oh, you get me. Get out of my way. <laughs> Blow the horn. Oops, God's there. Oh, forgive him and let him go. <laughs> Don't play the games. You know, look at where we're at. Be direct. What you need, ask for. Because God is more willing to give us than we are to receive. God wants to bless us. And you see, think of it in this scenario. We spoke about it maybe, I think, in Sunday school. That... Before the foundation of the world, you know, it says that God created the heavens and the earth. He created all this and he put it in place and God rested. Now, I heard a critic on TV saying, well, if you, got, if you have a supreme being who gets tired, he's not too supreme, is he? You know, but that's not what he was, that was, not what he was talking about. It means that what needed to be accomplished is already accomplished. Meaning that before the foundation of the world was created, God knew that Christ, God, he, Christ, through Christ, would come and be the atonement for our sin. And that he would be the sacrifice. So the sacrifice of Christ was already in place even before Adam and Eve sinned. It wasn't some solution. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? <laughs> you know, mankind is really blown at what am I going to do? God's worrying in heaven? No, it's already set. So in our lives, God knows what we have need of even before we ask. And our asking is a way of connecting to God. And being blessed is a way that God is transferring his blessing into our lives. And he is blessing us and he is giving to us more than we can even ask or imagine. He's allowing that he wants us to ask. He wants us to be recipients of. He wants us to pray and to believe and to recognize how that we can use. What do we have need of? See, we don't have a spiritual freezer that needs filled up. We have, we have manna that God will bring into our life and you can't store it up because it rots and he wants us to use it 
as we get it and live our life and be that person that God wants us to be with loving and caring and forgiving and, and, and doing and allowing God to work and flow through, flow through us because we're truly blessed. I give something away. I don't lose anything. I gain. See, in the old, the old economy, it's if you have a pie, okay, you have a pie, you got six pieces, and you get one piece, but if you come back and take two pieces, you've robbed other people of their portion. But in God's dynamics, you can't use, <laughs> you can't deplete the, res the reservoirs. We can't deplete what God wants to use, what God wants to give us. And we can't deplete. You see, what God has here in store for you and in your life, he doesn't need it to be in somebody else's life. You know, I don't really think I should get this because God needs to give this to somebody else. <laughs> oh, God doesn't have enough to go around? <laughs> God, has, God doesn't have enough to go around, so there's not enough of God's grace and mercy to go around, so I won't need to draw upon that right now. I'll wait because I don't want to deplete it. God has everything in our, as it were, in our warehouse of stuff, things, blessings to pull into our lives, and if we don't use it, it doesn't get used because it's designated, as it were, for our own lives. And your life, what God has for your life, is designated for your life. And if you use everything that God has get in store for your life, it's not going to take anything from me. And I can't take anything from you, as in blessings from God. He has enough. He has enough. And you see, whenever we are blessed, we are connected with God. We have a sacred nature that is connected to God. And the sacred nature in our life is Jesus Christ inside of us. That's the sacred nature. There's nothing holy about me. It's God living in me. It's the sacredness of God's word in my life. Heaven and earth will pass away, but this word will never pass away. And so the word of God is eternal, and it's inside of us, and it will never die. And those we call dead are still alive because of the sacred nature of God inside of them. And if God is going to, and when this body stops functioning and we go to heaven, it's, it's a welcoming home to heaven because of the sacred nature, because of the word of God, Jesus Christ, the living word alive inside of us. So if I can live on for an eternity in the presence of God because of his love and forgiveness inside of me and his nature inside of me, what am I stealing from God by allowing his blessings to be inside, to come into my life? I'm not stealing anything. It's a transfer from the nature of God by faith that exists in the spiritual realm being transferred into the physical realm into me. If I transferred... If I had your checking account number and I went to the bank and said, I want to transfer funds 
from my account to this account with these numbers. Can you do that? And they'll send a transfer from my account to your account because you gave me your numbers. (laughs) In the sacred nature, it's the same way. God wants to deposit things into our lives. And what he wants to deposit, I don't know. It can be anything. It can be the gifts of the Spirit. It can be the fruits of the Spirit. It can be things. (laughs) It can be money. It can be love. It can be forgiveness. Forgiveness for ourselves and forgiveness for others. It can be the assurance that I am not alone in this. I will never leave you nor forsake you. It's the assurance that I am forgiven. If you confess your sins and, and, you know, ask for forgiveness of your sins, what's come? The transference of forgiveness to us. I am forgiven. And so I'm not looking at you to transfer things into my life. I need to look to God to transfer things into my life because they are there in his account. And no matter how much he transfers, doesn't affect the balance of his account. If every one of us received everything that God has for us and he transferred it all into our life, the account of God would not be diminished one iota. (laughs) Because it's already created. It's already there. And so all we're doing is learning to live (laughs) in our faith and in our relationship with Christ. So what do you think about that? (laughs) Blessed. A divine connection. We're blessed. Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly nor stand 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 in the path of sinners nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his delight does he meditate day and night and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water whose leaf doesn't wither that his fruit comes in, you know, in season. And it's always coming. It's always bearing. Whenever the fruit tree, and we're going to be harvesting apples and, and peaches, and they're already started the peaches and the, and the other fruits. What ha- how does that fruit come into being? It's connected to the roots. It's connected to the resources of water and nourishment that comes through the root system right up through the trunk of the tree, out the branch, and right into the fruit. (laughs) It's connected. Blessed, we are connected to the divine nature of God. And what happens? We're allowing it to flow from the source of God into our own life to produce fruit. Here, have some fruit. That's what God's saying to us. Here, have some fruit. It's your tree. (laughs) It's your tree that I'm blessing. And in that blessing, it's producing. Amen? Shall we stand? I should have peaches to hand out or something. (laughs) I didn't even think of that, you know? I got peaches. I don't have peaches. Apples. Maybe when the apples get here, I'll think of it. But you see how, I mean, just that's, that's the connected. The apple tree doesn't have to struggle and force and make apples. It's just natural. 
Same thing in our life. It's a natural response to be blessed, to produce fruit. It's a very natural thing for us to produce fruit. And you know what? How many apples are in an apple seed? It produces a tree. And the tree produces bushels and bushels of apples every year. One seed. What God wants to do in our life is one seed. You're blessed. Oh, and it grows, and it produces, and it produces. And what do you do with the apples? You give them away. You give them away. And, you get, and what do we do? Well, we go through the cycle again. <laughs> We're blessed, connected to the divine nature of God. We're blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Say it again. I'm blessed. Father, we thank you that we are blessed by your spirit and your word. And God, we just want to bear fruit because we're connected. Lord, we just have to allow it to happen. Believe it to happen. God, we are fruit-bearing trees coming into our due season. Amen? Amen. God bless you. (laughs) Amen.